So Mandalore played a huge role in the old extended universe uh, in Star Wars, and they've preserved the main parts of the cosmology and history, which is that Mandalore was by far the most powerful empire 3,000 years ago that wasn't the Republic, um, who the Jedi were still working for back then, and Mandalore just expanded so far and so fast and were so militant, the Jedi and the New Republic, or the Old Republic, had to fight them. They eventually beat the Mandalorians, even though the Mandalorians used their high technology, brilliant minds, and great military prowess to give them a good fight, and they never quite forgave anybody. They still have a large chunk of space. You know, they'd be like the Cardassians, like a, you know, B plus, A minus level race that still has a lot of power, but isn't, you know, Starfleet or the Romulans, or whatever, if you want to use the Star Trek comparison. But they do have many systems and planets and stars and so forth. And after all the years of fighting uh, the external threats, then they start fighting internal threats, and it's just death and killing and murder and eventually Satine becomes the duchess and the head of Mandalore and she's actually a pacifist and she tries to turn her warlike people into pacifists but right in the middle of when the separatists struggle against the uh, Republic uh, you know takes off in episode two and then the Clone Wars it's very inconvenient time so that's interesting on its own you know this pacifist leader among uh, these warriors that go back thousands of years their great armor the jetpacks the Darksaber, which we'll get into if you've seen those Sabine episodes in season three and four of Rebels, which I will be covering in my Rebels commentaries and elsewhere. But on top of that, we immediately get a love story between Satine and Obi-Wan. And yes, it happened a while ago, but we're never told that it happened until they meet up. He is assigned to be her bodyguard during this very difficult, you know, time in season two of Clone Wars, and they don't agree on almost anything. They're both extremely stubborn and headstrong, and that's part of the attraction. And the fact that they had this romance when they were both younger and had less responsibility and they can't have it anymore is made all the more tragic by, and guys, here's where the spoilers come in. If you haven't seen Clone Wars, so go see Clone Wars and come back, Satine is ultimately murdered in the, I believe, third and final Mandalore arc by Darth Maul, who then takes over control of Mandalore for a while, and then we're going to see with the return of the Clone Wars and the Siege of Mandalore, which I'm thrilled about, have been predicting forever, I'm happy it's happening, as Ahsoka the lead, but as part of canon that we never saw, right before Order 66, uh, Ahsoka and some of the loyal clones go to Mandalore and help kick off Maul, nevertheless... they're left so weak that when Palpatine comes to power, you know, not long after that time, uh, without the Jedi, without Ahsoka's help, without the clones, the good clones, etc., the Empire easily does divide and conquer and gets most of the uh, Mandalorian clans on their side. It's very Game of Thrones uh, in that way. And, you know, what's really cool is some of the early Sabine episodes, which takes a while. Season two and then, of course, season three. Sabine's link uh, to Mandalore is important because her family is from Clan Vizsla, which was the ultimate, you know, powerful clan, like Aragorn. You know, like she's a descendant of Aragorn or or, or the way Aragorn's a descendant of the Numenorean kings. She is a descendant it's not like she's the only one that's allowed to rule but she does have the blood and, and clan Vizsla is the one who initially created the dark saber uh, uh 
the original Vizsla was a guy who I think created the Darksaber and joined the Jedi Order, but then he died and they kept it and he was the only Jedi Mandalorian and it's a very special object and, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of storyline going on with Sabine getting back the Darksaber and so forth uh, that is more than hinted and we get some good progression of that um, in Rebels, but it still leaves a lot open in terms of where does Mandalore go from there. So, if you ha- again, if you haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels, I'm assuming you have if you're listening to this, it would be somewhat difficult to know why this is so important other than again the cool jetpacks and costumes of um a boba fett who's who, who's just a thug who him and his dad stole it from the mandalorians but the voice cast the writing acting and voice casting of all the mandalore stuff is excellent i'm not actually a huge fan of judd favreau's uh pre Vizsla character who you know is a bad guy from the beginning who's going to betray them he ends up being the one responsible for them losing power for Satine getting killed for Maul taking over blah 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 and the legacy of this of course follows over into the future with the Sabine episodes of Rebels many decades later in the Star Wars universe and nevertheless it, it, you know the fact that he w- was so committed to doing a voice um, I was gonna say the voice acting from Satine to Obi-Wan to Darth Maul and everyone and, and of course Katie Sackhoff who will get back as Satine's sister Bo-Katan who we don't meet till later um, amazing voice cast amazing writing super cinematic really Shakespearean uh, in scope of tragedy in terms of the romances and the political intrigues. Only Rogue One and a few other things have that sort of Shakespearean feel as epic as Star Wars is. And I think the extended Mandalore episodes with Obi-Wan and Satine and so forth fit those. So where are we now? So John Favreau, who played the voice, very much fascinated by Mandalorian culture. And by the way, what is John Favreau known for best? You know, as I mentioned, uh, the Iron Man f- franchise and launching the MCU. And what does Iron Man do that everyone loves and has looked great from the beginning? Is the Iron Man suit flying all over the place? Well, guess what Mandalorians do? They fly in their super suits all over the place. So from you add A, his love of Mandalorian culture and what it could mean post you know, Empire falling, the Mandalorians are probably going to take another shot at, you know, galactic power, I would think. Um, B, the fact that he loves jetpacks and flying things, and just from a purely uh, uh, CGI, you know, standpoint, is going to be able to nail all of that. I mean, he's great anyways. The Iron Man movies look great, whatever you think of them. And The Jungle Book is a story that I actually don't think is a great story, and Rudyard Kipling is a fucking colonialist, ass- colonialist asshole. Nevertheless, we all grew up on The Jungle Book. I thought his Jungle Book reinterpretation was about as good as you're going to get, and it looked amazing. So all the things that we've loved, and and by the way, they meant to, because the human was a real human boy in Jungle Book, the animals had to look like great real animals that were CGI rather than blatantly CGI animals like we'd see in a Pixar movie or an episode of Star Wars Rebels. So he's going to be able to nail all the cool aliens and creatures and so forth. He, of course, participated as an alien that didn't last long but was very memorable and solo. So John Favreau is a central part of the family. He's established himself as a writer, director, producer. He has an extremely good sense of humor. If you've ever seen Swingers, which he wrote, directed, and started back in the day, one of the classic movies growing up up in the in in the 90s um and uh, you know all of his guest appearances in various comedies it's always hilarious like in the captain america movies working for mr stark always having heart problems and overweight and so forth fantastic so he's got all of the qualities so 
we always already knew that it was this was going to be very special. It was going to be the first long, high budget live action Star Wars show ever. It was going to help launch the new streaming service probably late next year, leading up to or right after Episode Nine, which people are you know getting increasingly excited about as they should. Um, but. The announcement for sure that this was not only going to involve Mandalorians, but they're calling it the Mandalorian, and it's going to be the centerpiece, has Star Wars fans in a tizzy. And the one, two, three punch of the announcement of uh, the Game of Thrones guys coming on to do an extended project, although we know very little about that. but the two big announcements, of course, were the Clone Wars coming back, the surprise announcement at Comic-Con that we're getting the Siege of Mandalore baby with Ahsoka and the original cast, Anakin, Obi-Wan. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Uh, Clone Wars coming back next year to finish w- w- what it started. And then, of course, the Favreau announcement. Now, the Clone Wars announcement, because we knew it was Siege of Mandalore and Ahsoka, and we already love Clone Wars and Dave Filoni and the people behind all of that, that was definitely the thing the hardcore fans were the most excited about in addition to all the new comics and the books and whatever and so forth and blah 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 but i think it's safe to say that now that we know that this is already filming and now they're starting to announce potential directors from taika waititi to ron howard's daughter bryce D- dallas howard who i think is a good actress that's just misused but she's i'm sure super smart because of her dad will do a great job directing alan taylor from game of thrones we're getting directors from all over the place who have tons of talent in writing um and i think it's interesting and cool that favreau is right is calling himself an executive producer creator and writer um i feel like he will direct an episode oh of course dave filoni finally directing a live action episode after all of his amazing work running you know show running uh clone wars and then rebels you know i I think the star wars nerds are thrilled that filoni will be involved but because filoni did so much of the development in the animated series of um of mandalore expanding its culture history politics and so forth from the ground up literally as a as a character in it but also being involved in in, in, you know in 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 its inception and probably learning more behind the scenes than we know it's possible that despite him being on the sort of the mcu story group he's probably on the star wars story group at this point and has been for a while um the fact that he's embracing this and calling it the Mandalorian, i I, i'm not going to say this is having you know this is a a new a, a giant news story and it's possible that very soon people in the podcast and you know blogosphere and social media will get back to ahsoka and the clone wars being more exciting but for the moment knowing how much they're fast tracking this they're serious about this they're getting serious talent which we're going to get to in a bit um has people really really excited for now 